Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Lines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got a Tuesday night slate in the NBA tonight. Five games to choose from here, Nate. In this one, we're taking a look at the Cavs and the Miami Heat taking each other on in Cleveland. Also got another game video and our player props up for you, so make sure to like and subscribe. Continue to follow along with us all season long. Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where you can check out all the great written content we're talking about here and more. And also use that odds finder tool that we have. You can make sure you're getting the best juice back on all those you make in the NBA this season with those U.S. sports books. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this five-game slate and then talk Heat and Cavs. Yeah, first meeting of the season between the Heat and the Cavs. Right now, Miami's plus five and a half, and that's a low total, as you would expect, with these teams at 211. Then the Lakers are on a back-to-back after resting LeBron and AD. Still no official word. They're plus three and a half now with the Knicks. That's been growing uh, because the Knicks have been off since Saturday. And uh, we don't know on those Lakers guys. The Hornets plus 11 at the Bucks. If you remember in January earlier this month, uh, they, they stunned the Bucks at home by about 30. Clippers minus three at the Bulls after punting a game at the Cavs. Uh, they were red hot before that. And I think they, we, you know, that's a third bonus pick for us. But the other game we break down, Pelicans are plus six and a half at Denver. Denver back home after... Uh, um, also on two days rest, like the Knicks, after Jokic lost that MVP battle to Embiid. But we're talking Heat Cavs here. And uh, like I said, first meeting of the year, or second meeting, I'm excuse me, I, but uh, Miami didn't, didn't really show up in that first one at Cleveland. Didn't have Jimmy, Hero, Depot, uh, lost pretty handily. I mean, that was definitely before... They got it going, and they're still a little wonky. I mean, and and not the most reliable team on the road. Certainly not reliable if Jimmy Butler's going to sit. Uh, he's questionable perpetually. It's a quad bruise. I think <clears throat> he can go, It certainly, if he wants to. And with the Heat, it's kind of like I look at with the Warriors. I often talk to you about Josh. It's like, are they, are you know, is this a circled game? Is this a calendar game, if you will? Uh, the Cavs are right ahead of them in, in that 4-5 spot. As it stands right now, beating the Cavs gets them closer to potentially hosting a playoff series against the Cavs. And that is absolutely vital for both these teams who are just much, much worse on the road versus at home. And I, I trust Miami when they when they have their full squad and their full motivation definitely to cover five points. Um, you look in their last four against Eastern Conference playoff teams, Three and one straight up, three and one against the spread, covered in a in a small loss against Brooklyn. If you count Atlanta, they didn't cover in that one. Uh, they lost. At Atlanta gave up seventy in the first half. I don't know what to make of that. So, uh, and I mean, you look at the total too, two eleven. I think with Tyler Hero playing, the Heat offense is a little more reliable. That pace has been is actually been kind of fast other than that crazy game against Dallas where it's an 89 pace. Of course, every time those teams get together, they can't they can't have any possessions. Their defense, which has been number one on the road all year, has slid on the road for sure. Uh, 119 defensive rating these last four. And I mean, Cleveland's offense, I'm certainly impressed with at home. Won five of their last six, 121 offensive rating. Donnie Mitchell, Averaged 28 points per game against Miami in his last five with Utah and then didn't have to play much in this blowout. Um, and the Cavs actually gone over in seven of the last 10 at home. So I'm leaning a little bit towards over 210, if that's where it is. I mean, I, I guess the public betted up one. Uh, but I also like the Heat to just hang around in this one and maybe win it. 
Yeah, I don't really love talking about the total here. Uh, I mean, it should go over, man. You, I, no one here is going to take an under on 210 um, in, in today's NBA anyway. Even when you do have two teams that are seen as the two best, you know, two of the best uh, defensive teams in the league right now. But if you look at some more of the re- recent sample size, I think the, the over is a bit of a better play here just because of the fact that, um, you know, they've, they've both been sort of a little bit less than 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 their sort of average on the season over the course of the last basically since January essentially uh, especially in the locations in terms of away for Miami um, and at home for Cleveland I, I mean it it's really just over the last seven in general I mean they're both a lot like they're they're both teams that are in the you know top 10 in, in terms of a, uh, opponent field goal percentage and limiting that but even in the last seven or so they're both in the bottom 15 the the, the heat all the way down to about 21st but I, I think it does come down like it's it's a Miami heat team that if we're going to talk about them it's actually if we could avoid talking about Miami moving forward Nate then that would be helpful for me because it takes so much fucking research it takes so much who played in this game how many games in a row did that person miss before they came back in this game was it Depot was it Hero was it Lowry was it Bam was it Jimmy I don't know so like it took me a long time just to get any kind of take on this Miami Heat team because of how much you have to dive into them and and really like this is what it comes down to for me is the the lineups that they have in when they have Kyle Lowry when they have Bam when they have Jimmy when they have Tyler really those four guys are, are the key when they have those four guys in a lineup then they're you know net rating in terms of uh, possessions per 100 is all the way up to you know 7.4 depending if you throw Curtis Martin uh, Curtis Martin depending if you throw Caleb Martin in there or if you throw um you know Max Struess in there maybe instead of Martin either way you've got those four key guys for you and, and you're talking about a net rating of 10 plus 10 or better uh in fact plus 17 and a half in roughly 127 minutes this season um for you know, for when it's it basically four or five of those guys so um if they're in there then I like them to be able to hang especially with this Cleveland team who um you know they've been relying on 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 Donnie and, and Darius Garland to really be the entire, you know, sort of crux of their offense. They have been fast breaking a little bit more as well over the course of their last 10. Both these teams have not necessarily increasing their paces, um, but definitely both getting out into transition more frequently. Um, both teams, you know, in the top five in terms of defensive rebound percentage, like they gobble it up. You don't, you don't get second chance points on these teams, but um, you know, that all that said, like, I think the pace is there enough with the way that they'll be playing in transition against each other that hopefully you keep things moving um, enough to get to that over. But, you know, more importantly, even if, if that if the game goes that way, I, I think the half court, um, you know, uh, defense of the Miami Heat has proven to be as good as it needs to be as well to be able to hang in a game like this, where I'm not saying Cleveland's necessarily like in, in any way struggling on defense, but they have become somewhat more of like an offensive team to a degree at home. And that's just because of the way that they've been, you know, really also getting to the free throw line as uh, is a huge part of it, averaging about four more free throws a, attempts a game uh, over the, their last seven uh, games at home. Uh, or six games at home, whatever, right around there um, than they have been all season. So attacking a bit more, obviously when Donnie Mitchell's in there, they're going to get a few more free throw attempts as well as he's averaging like nine so far. So, you know, I think there's some over stuff to consider with the, the sort of waning defense. I think my, my, I don't love even talk like betting on this game necessarily, like I said, from the jump, but I would prefer to, to take Miami at plus five and a half in a game where like, I still think they're capable of handling teams on the road. It's not like they're that, I mean, they are, they are better in terms of the record uh, at home so far this season. But I mean, when you look at the stats in the, just in the month of January as well, it's, Pretty, much, it's a little bit more close to the same uh, in terms of what they're doing at home and on the road, and I think this is a, a good spot for them to be able to cover six points. Yeah, I mean Cleveland's still a little brother, and I mean they've won five of these last six at home, but really haven't had faced full teams. I mean the Clippers, like I said, punted 
the Suns without anyone, the Bucks without Giannis. Uh, they they lost to the Dubs, who sit rested their entire starting lineup, which was yeah. just a weird one. But then before that, lost to Brooklyn and Toronto at home. They're four and four against the spread. Their last eight at home. Uh, and strangely, not even a good record at all with a rest advantage. Four eight against the spread, and they've had they they're coming off a blowout against the Clips and and a lot of rest lately. Miami, of course, wonky rest because we don't know who's who's in and out. But I, I do look at Bam dominated this last the matchup uh, last March thirty and seventeen with no Jared Allen. I think he's still the way he's playing right now wins that matchup. Um, and Hero was a pretty efficient uh, 22 points off the bench uh, to get Miami that win. He missed this earlier one. I think those two guys uh, and their and their ability to work off each other um, will get Miami the win if Jimmy Butler plays. And that's always the caveat that we say, you know, when, when a guy like Jimmy or Jokic is questionable, like what, maybe wait until we get that final injury report. And and that's that's always the key, uh, and that's that's the annoying part about betting on the Heat. Obviously, they're going to be a little bit wonky uh, with, with the the lineups as they have been all season. So you definitely want to see if Jimmy's in there. I think he's a huge part of it. I think he's a huge part of being able to get to the over as well. To be honest, I know what he does on defense, um, but right now, especially the way that Hero has been struggling since he came back uh, from injury, roughly like seven eight games ago. Um, you know, he's been struggling mightily shooting 40, like 40% from the field, 23% from three, not even making two threes a game right now for hero. Um, and if he's going to continue at, at that rate, then you're going to need Jimmy Butler to go to the line like 12 times to get to the over, over the way that he has been, uh, out of late. So hopefully he plays for that over and, and for Miami to cover. And if he doesn't, uh, I don't feel nearly as comfortable about any of the things that we have said in this episode. So I think it's really crucial to obviously check on what he's doing. And then, yeah, Pelicans plus six and a half. It was seven and a half. And I don't know who's betting on the Pels right now. Uh, but I guess they know the theory that they played them close in New Orleans, the, the Nuggets, a 99-98 win for the Nuggets the last time these teams met. And the Nuggets have, to be fair, lost their other three games in, in the last four with Joker sitting in two of those. I mean, the entire starting lineup sitting in one of those. And uh, Joel Embiid just bat, you know, winning that matchup against Joker on Saturday and that being the other loss. But now they're back home. Uh, lost, you know, 15 straight at home with the Joker. Uh, and then they lost to OKC without him. They've covered in everything since Christmas, except uh, a weird, you know, against Orlando. We often see teams overlook them or that was a extra rest. And again, and on a back-to-back against Minnesota. Uh, so six, seven points isn't really a lot when you look at Denver winning by uh, nine points per game with a rest advantage, winning by 11 points per game, uh, six and two against the spread with two plus days off. And they've been off since Saturday. <clears throat> and you look at their recent, you know, I looked at the game log after a road loss when they come back home, two and one against the spread their last three had a close win over Charlotte, Miami. Those were a long time ago at this point. And then the most recent one was that 30-point win against the Clippers where the Clippers punted by halftime. Uh, and the Pels, I mean, they can't afford to punt anything. They're, they've lost eight straight. They've fallen to eighth. But I just don't think they have the firepower to keep up in this one. Um, in that span, you know, they're, they're scoring just 111. You look at their last five road games in that span, scoring 107. Uh, rough offensive rating, uh, it, never a good three-point shooting team, but even worse, Brandon Ingram's been back in there, but he is rusty as all hell, uh, scoring 17 points per game, 39% from three, 
and 100 at the line uh, for a 75 offensive rating. And he's still chucking at a 44% usage rate. So it's kind of thrown a wrench into their offense. I mean, not that they don't need him without Zion. They they absolutely need him. But he's a rhythm guy, uh, and I don't think he's in rhythm yet. And the last time they went to Denver uh, in March last year, uh, they needed 38 from B.I. to keep it close, to send it to overtime. They beat Denver at home the previous one. I mean, that was when Jokic's start, uh, supporting cast was utterly ridiculous. Devon Reed was starting in that game. Yeah. So, uh but I mean, you just look at the key numbers in terms of New Orleans being worse on defense on the road, giving up uh, the fifth highest percentage of points off twos, which is trouble against uh, the Joker and the Nuggets. Jokers, I, I saw a tweet last night that, that was like 60% of his assists are leading to a dunker layup in the restricted area. And it's just like, just like easy pickings. Um, you know, Pell's also given up the ninth most paint points on the road. And interestingly, dead last in second half points allowed on the road. Uh, so even if this one is close for a while, Denver certainly could pull away. They've got MPJ back. Jamal Murray is questionable, but he's been resting for two days. So I don't think he needs to rest here in this spot. And I just look for the Joker to continue to dominate the rest of the league, even if he didn't dominate in that matchup against Embiid. Yeah, dude. I mean, in their last eight, they're averaging 102 points a game uh, are the Pellies. Like you, you have to score 123 to beat 125 to beat the Nuggets at home at this point in the season. We've seen that um, there's there's it, like we talked about before we, we started recording. Uh, you were you were like, here's the summary of the Nuggets Pellies. The Nuggets are at home. End of story. Like it is that easy at this point, and I think I'm happy to that that they were sort of only won by one point in their last matchup against the Pellies. If that's the reason that people are betting on them, um, they had their whole squad. They were winning by double digits in the fourth quarter with the Nuggets, and then they just kind of like stopped playing. And it was interesting because they only had uh, at one point they had a, a one point spread in that game because they thought Joker wasn't going to play, and that spread stayed at about minus one for Denver, uh, where I gobbled it up. And then they only won by one point because they were you know hemorrhaged points in the fourth quarter did the Nuggets, but um, I, I think there's something to be said for only being able to score 102 and a half points, having the worst defensive rating, obviously, uh, or excuse me, offensive rating in the league um, over their last eight. And, and like you said, the three-point shooting um, is just awful, man. It's it's bad at this point, and it's it's all dependent on guys like Trey Murphy, uh, Devontae Graham, whoever, just getting wide open. And the way that they get wide open is you have to either double uh, Brandon Ingram closer to the baseline where he wants to be and, and get that shot off, or you've got to you know, double Zion going to the rim and you don't have to double either of those guys at this point because bi's killing them zion's out uh and continues to be out he won't even be reevaluated for another couple of weeks we're probably not going to see him as his as a starter in the all-star game which is absurd but um that's where we're at right now uh, the the fifth least three pointers made um obviously not getting to the free throw line either the fourth fewest free throw attempts over their last eight um in terms of the assists they're you know they're not necessarily like the worst diming team in the world but they're when zion is in there uh they're averaging like four more assists per game uh and really just taking care of the ball as well um, where the, you know normally guys like CJ McCollum uh, and, and company are, are in pretty good control they've had really good guard play uh, throughout in terms of controlling you know pace and things of that nature but still turning the ball over uh, about the fourth most in the last eight games so there's just it, it's it looks like a team that's just playing a lot of really young guys without a ton of experience and that's because that's what's happening Joe Val um, you know he's been doing Joe Val things but I think he's also unlocked a lot when you have Zion in there when you look at the amount of uh, you know the, the field goal percentages that he's putting up when Zion's in much better 
obviously more threes for Joval when he's in there as well. Just wanted to throw that out there. So um, I think it's it's key that they have they have Zion. I know this sounds ridiculous. Zion is the key to all of this. There's there's just not enough from them uh, at that point. You know, in terms of like I said, the offensive rating, um, the second chance points is something that they need. We know about controlling the paint. I mean, the, the identity of this team is control the paint um, and and really you know play play solid enough defense that you know you can basically score. Uh, they should be expecting to score around 120 a game when they have you know CJ uh, uh, Bi and, and Zion in at the same time. That's what their net rating is. That's what that's what their offensive rating is. That's how many points they're scoring when they have those three guys in their lineup when you look at their three-man lineups I mean that that lineup is incredible it's one of the best five in the league if you don't worry about how many minutes it's playing um you know that with those three guys in the lineup they've got you know a top five um net rating and and so without them you know like I said everything that they do well second chance points points in the paint um and and even you know assisted three pointers things of that nature it's just all covered shots that that it's a much more difficult offense um and I don't I haven't really said anything about Denver because what do you want me to say like there's there's nothing that they that they can't do against this team right now um the Pelicans aren't haven't been necessarily hemorrhaging points the same way they've been playing it a little bit lower um, but that's because they know they don't have the offense right now uh, and they're playing everything in the half court no transition uh, and I think you know Denver actually has been getting out in transition a lot over their last 10 games with um, you know when MPJ and, and and Michael Porter Jr. and Bruce Brown are all out there they're fifth in uh, in fast, fast break points over their last 10 so this is gonna be a tough one uh, for the Pelis and I, I would bet this all the way up to like minus eight for the Nuggets to be honest yeah i mean the only thing we also can say is just a joker appreciation party um i I, he at home in 23 games has a 140 offensive rating and is plus 345 this season uh so as long as he's going to be out there on a little extra rest uh the nuggets should just be eviscerating this team i i think we'd love the over if zion was playing because we expect yeah, yeah joker to just continue to do his thing averaging yeah 33 12 10 on 72% field goal shooting his last five against Joe Val and Nola. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's still the MVP. He should continue to assert that. And I just don't think the Pelicans can keep pace in this one unless yeah. Brandon Ingram suddenly goes from ice cold to red hot. And even then, I mean, you still, there's just so much depth on this Nuggets team that I don't think they can keep pace. No, 100%. I mean, I would consider um, even potentially an under on that Pelicans uh, total just because of the, I mean, it's at 234 and a half right now. I just, I don't trust the Pellies to necessarily come along for the ride on offense. Like I said, 102 and a half points uh, over the course of their last eight. Even if you put them at like, let's say 110, I don't know. You know, that's what we're really talking about here uh, in terms of getting all the way up to that total. They got to get a bit more, um, although I do expect them to get blown out. So I'm not worried about that. And that's why my favorite bet in this one, no matter what, like I said, is Denver minus five and a half or or six and a half. Love it. Like I said, might even just uh, alternate it up uh, to about minus eight and get a bit more juice on that as I'm feeling pretty comfortable with them handling things tonight uh, and not letting things go. I mean, they already handled them in a game that was like a boring Sunday game. And then they just let them come back at the end. And I just I don't see that happening here for the Pellies and that lack of offense. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. 
Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first NBA player prop for tonight. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Nuggets rolling at home, and the Joker's obviously going to play a big role in that after he lost that individual matchup against Embiid, lost the game in Philly on Saturday. Now he's got a little extra rest, and I'm actually not taking the points here because I'm a little concerned about New Orleans not scoring and this kind of just being a, a walkover but even in a blowout, the Joker can put up a ton of peripherals, 10.5 rebounds or 11.5 if you want better stat uh, odds there, or 21.5 rebounds assists is even money. And he's averaging 12 rebound, 12.5 rebounds, 10 assists, shooting 72% his last five against New Orleans. I talked about at home, he has a 140 offensive rating, which is the same as those ones against New Orleans. Uh, and he's topped this assist rebounds prop in nine of his last 10 at home the exception being a blowout win over the Clippers. So I am a little concerned that this is a blowout, but I don't think New Orleans would do what the Clippers did, which is yank their starters in the first half and just like give Joker the, the excuse to just sit down. And still, even with that that outlier, averaging 12 boards, 12 assists in those last 10 home games, the Pels' offense has been awful. So I think you lean on the rebounds even more than the assists here. I think we're probably predicting more of like 12 13 boards and then the nine, 10 assists that he averages uh, is they're allowing the third most rebounds per game in their last five roadies shooting under 47% from the floor and Joker just cleans up a lot of those misses. Yeah, I support it. And and I, I like we were saying, I, I just, I trust there to be a lot of rebounding opportunities when they're playing this Pelly's team. That's been the worst offense in the league uh, over the last eight games or so. So yeah, 102 points a game for the Pelly's means a lot of misses and rebounds uh, for Joker get those up to like 14 or 15. And you've got an easy, uh, you got an easy assist, uh, you know, total that he needs to get over there to get to the 22 combined. So I, I think it's a good opportunity to get some pretty good juice on his bet there. Uh, I'm going to go with my boy uh, who I've already called my favorite Nick of all time. Or at least of the top three, Jalen Brunson. They have a point guard, an uh, adult on the floor. His points and assists is at 30 and a half points on Fando. You get that at minus 111. If you want just the points, it's 23 and a half, a little bit worse juice there, minus 120 on those odds. But um, they're playing the Lakers, and that means points, and that means bad defense. Uh, Lakers are going to be on a back to back as well. The Knicks have been off since Saturday. Uh, and yeah, the Lakers have been playing a lot of games lately, actually, including that one that LeBron uh, and, and ended up sitting the, next, the last one. But last two games, uh, the last games that he's had uh, Jalen there with two plus days off, which is what he's facing right now. We're talking about 44 points versus the Bucks uh, with seven assists uh, as well on, on 50% from the field and a 40% usage. That was a basically your turn, my turn game with him and Julius Randle. Um, and then playing against the Suns, which was a shorthanded game that they played against them. But the Suns did uh, get, they, they basically just blew him out at that point. It was like a Sunday morning, 33% usage in that one, 24 points.
points uh, in a few in just a, a limited amount of minutes that he needed there as well. And then you look at uh, versus the Bulls the last time he also had two plus days off 30 points, seven assists, 29 percent usage rate, shooting better than 20, uh, 50 percent from the field as well. So just really efficient games from him uh, and a really solid shooting with high usage rates because in games that they you know really look to to hang with some of these good teams as well that they really rely on Jalen. Um, Lakers are not good against point guards. They allow the most points per game over their last uh, couple of weeks to point guards about 30 or so a game 29 ish. Um, and you know, they've been playing at that fast pace second in pace yet uh, allowing about the third or fourth most points per game uh, this season are the Lakers and on zero days rest for the Lake show, which they are allowing 127 points per game. So you can expect uh, a bunch of points to be hemorrhaged by them in this one and, and, and baby Jalen uh, Brunson to really take care of things for us. Yeah, I mean, he's needed that extra rest, especially lately, right? Because he's dealing with the hip or whatever else yeah. has, has kind of limited him. And then his last two, he seems to be getting right. Uh, nice, like, 29-point game against the Nets, solid defense. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, he easily gets 24-plus points here, and, and he's been diamond up as well, uh, playing that two-man game with Randall. I'm sticking with stars here. Uh, we, we said we liked the Clippers after they, they punted in Cleveland on a back-to-back. Uh, they had won five straight previously, and Kawhi Leonard has just been carrying their offense to a 137 offensive rating as a team. He individually had a 154 offensive rating in those last five wins. Just unheard of. Uh, so you're not getting much juice on 26 and a half points. Not getting much if you add the rebounds either. Uh, so maybe you want to jack, jack it up one more point. I think he gets at least 28 tonight. So I'd be fine with over 27 and a half. He's averaging 30 and six and a half boards and nearly five assists in those five wins. And Chicago, hey, they play some shootouts sometimes. Either way, they're not the most efficient defense on the wing, for sure, uh, allowing the seventh most points, second most assists to small forwards in their last 15. And they are tied for the highest defensive rebounding rate by opponents when they're at home. So they're not really crashing the glass. There should be some good rebounding opportunities. You want to tack on six and a half boards for Kawhi on these points. I think he uh, gets there as well and continues to carry the clips probably to a win. They're only minus two and a half here. Yeah, I think he knows he can get his, really, to be honest. And, and I think he's happy to, to play down low a little bit more uh, against this Bulls team that, uh, I mean, we know what they do down low, which is nothing. Uh, and which is really just more of a turnstile down there than anything. So I don't think there's much uh, in the way of, of you know, uh, opposition that can keep Kawhi out of the paint as well. So I like I like adding the rebounds. Um, I really like the points as well. Like you said, I think this should be much closer to, like, 28. Uh, so if you want to add a point and get a bit more juice there on the alternate for, for Kawhi's points, I'd be with that as well. Um, um, finishing things off here, Nate, let's close it out with Scary Terry. I'm going to take an under, uh, which could be scary uh, for you to, to, to do a 22 and a half points because he just dropped 39 uh, against Milwaukee on January 6th, shooting better than 50% from the field. That was the game that was by far the biggest surprise of the season. I think we can all agree at this point where the Hornets blew out the Bucks. So maybe there's a blowout factor for Scary Terry uh, that the Hornets, no, I, I think it's the opposite effect. I think the blowout factor uh, is in effect for the Hornets to get steamrolled after what they did to the Bucks last time uh, in Milwaukee. So, I mean, he even had 26 the previous home game versus Milwaukee on December 3rd. Um, that was a game where Giannis and Drew played just 25 minutes each, uh, and Rozier played the 36 minutes in that game. So I think things are a little bit bloated here, Nate, and we, you were talking about this earlier. Uh, in his previous four in Milwaukee specifically, 16.5 points a game on 41.5% shooting. 
probably a lot more likely to, to what you should expect being you know, from from Terry tonight. That sh- that would be a little bit more likely. Um, Milwaukee's allowing the fourth lowest field goal percentage and uh, the second uh, in free throw attempts to their uh, opponent at home in the last two weeks or so, which is really when they've started to get their guys actually back and playing. Um, and they allow the eighth fewest points per game to shooting guards over the course of the last week or so. Uh, Drew Holiday doing work. So I think it's a good opportunity to, to for him to get a bit more shut down for them to realize if Scary Terry doesn't even score 23 points, this team has no shot of, of hanging with us as we're probably about to drop like 125 on them. Uh, so I think that that's why you can expect the, the blowout factor to help you there and, and, and them to be focused on Terry Rozier. Yeah, let's fade him after he, he cooked them last time. I mean, Drew was either sick or dealing with an ankle injury. I mean, he played in both those games that Terry went off, but he was not at full strength, and now he is, and, and the Bucks' defense is, is lights out once again. Uh, so 22.5 points. I think you tack on some rebounds, too, if you want. He doesn't really board up either. Yeah, and, and the Bucks, uh, I think, like we said, will be running and gunning, not be giving too many opportunities for those uh, rebounds. So maybe they, they have another sort of 70-point first half to show them what's up right now. But that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us as we look to stay hot on these player props. Until we see you next, happy betting. Happy betting.